0: Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Good morning, good morning. Uh, Thank you so much for that uh, appreciation. Um, It is a joy for our team to serve you and to um, bring Jesus and his word and his message and his presence um, to you, and, and we do this together. So thank you so much. Well, we are continuing this series called Jesus Inside, and and I want to prepare you ahead of time that this message is going to be a message on tongues. I don't know. I don't know. So, some of you uh, are freaking out right now because it's like, I thought this was a great church. Now, I'm not so sure. Uh, but I want to let you know that from this boy who grew up in a Presbyterian uh, church, uh, we did not know anything about tongues, and I have to say that honestly, the subject can be confusing, and I want to let you know that there has been some great hearted people that have, in their zealousness uh, for the subject, has um, probably done some damage to The intention of what uh, tongues are meant to be. I want to just ask you to just to relax and to be open to allow the Word of God to speak to you, to allow um, His Holy Spirit to confirm the words that I'm going to say. I've spent a lot of time this week really praying that that I would bring clarity to the subject, not confusion; that I would bring peace to the subject, not anxiety but that the presence of God would create an excitement inside of you to be open to the possibility that you could speak another language unknown to yourself called tongues. Now, the reason why I'm giving you this message today is because next week we are going to be talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which tongues is named as one of those gifts. But what I'm going to do today is create a case you judge for yourself of what the scripture says, create a case that there are two uh, ways that tongues can be used. One would be a prayer to God in a tongue. In other words, tongue, by the way, translated means a language. So, just in case you're wondering what tongues are, it's just a language. Now, there are two, what I'm going to try to show you is that there's two ways that tongues are being used. Both of them function in the same way where the tongue is unknown or the language is unknown to the communicator, but it is known in a supernatural way by either the person receiving it, that's the gift of tongues, or God who you're praying to, and that is speaking to God in a tongue. All right, we, we ready to go? All right, we're going to dig right into this. Well, I want to let you know, first and foremost, that um, we are going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm going to spend a lot of time here, so if you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. If you have your devices, turn to 1 Corinthians 14. It's going to be really important. There's some nuances that I want to really spend um, with that, and you're going to need to see it for yourself in the Bible. I don't have all these scriptures on the screen uh, for you this morning either. And so uh, please, um, if you have your Bibles, open them up. I want to talk to you first of all where we would see tongues initially was found at the Tower of Babel in Old Testament where God confused their language because they only had one language in the world at that time. And God was saying there's nothing they can't do because they have one language. God confused their languages. He gave them tongues, different tongues. And then all the people groups separated because to follow their own language. But in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, you don't have to turn there. But when Jesus left and he says he's going to allow the Holy Spirit to come and be with them, he says, wait for them. And 120 followers of Jesus in the upper room, the day of Pentecost, they were, the Holy Spirit came on them like tongues of fire and they started speaking in other languages unknown to themselves, speaking in tongues. And people around in the community all heard, them, heard these people praising God in their own dialect, their own language, tongues. At that point in time, they weren't addressing the people that were around, but they were praising God in languages unknown to themselves, but other people could understand what they were saying. So the first and foremost, we need to understand the purpose of tongues or why tongues come is it will always edify God. It would always bring glory to God. That's why I love this church that is a Jesus-centered church. Our focus is always on his word, who Jesus is, and his presence through the Holy Spirit. But if you flip through, you'll realize that there are different moments that uh, when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, they will... Speak in other tongues. Now, Jesus told us that this would happen. In the book of Mark, um, at the great, when Jesus was talking about just before he ascends to heaven, he gives us the great commission, go into all the world, preach the gospel, making disciples. And then he says, you will be speaking in other tongues and you'll do miracles and those types of things. The tongues that he's talking about there, by the way, though, is the gift of tongues which we can find um, listed for us along other gifts, miracles, healings, those types of things. That's not the tongue that we're going to be talking about today. So if we look through the book of Acts, there are different times, I'm just going to skip through a few of these things, for us to show you that when the Holy Spirit comes, there is sometimes, not always, this supernatural evidence of this overflow of praise that there will be a result of people speaking in tongues and prophesying. Now, the important thing that you can also understand in that is tongues and prophecy typically also are found in the same time. So here in Acts chapter 8, verse 14, now when the apostles... At Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them to Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Period. Here is an example where they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit, but there was not evidence of tongues at that point in time. The Apostle Paul, when he had his massive conversion experience with, I would say, the Holy Spirit on the road to Damascus, we don't find any evidence at that moment in time that he began speaking in tongues. So it's a stretch for us to begin to equate being filled with the Holy Spirit solely With speaking in tongues, and this is where I would say some traditions link the two events together and have caused some hurt for people who never get to speak in tongues. Because by the way, it's something we should desire, but some people have it, some people don't. And that's okay. And it does not make you want a greater, more super Christian versus a non-super Christian if you have one or the other. Moving along in... Acts chapter 10. The Holy Spirit now falls on the Gentiles, which is interestingly enough that that in the book of Acts chapter 2, when everybody was hearing them praise God in all of their language, basically saying when the Holy Spirit came onto this world, he was saying that, that God and Jesus is not just for the Jews. It is for everybody, all people. Today we would say... We're Americans, but guess what? Americans are made up of all different cultures. And we would say, you're welcome into this land called America. But Jesus is saying, guess what? Through the Holy Spirit, everybody has access to a father that loves them, into the kingdom of God. Everybody's welcome. And it's evidenced by them hearing, praising God in a language that they could understand who God is in their own dialect. So in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, it says this, While Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised, being the Jews who had come with Peter, were amazed because the Holy Spirit was poured out even onto the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speak in tongues and extolling God, speaking in tongues. Now, that tongue would be, um, they were praising God in a language unknown to the communicator, but speaking to God. Now, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians. Well, I have one more verse for you, actually. Paul in Ephesus in Acts chapter 19. I'm just going to give you, you guys can go ahead and read the context around it. By the way, it's really important that you, when you read the Bible, that you don't just pick a verse and say, oh, look, it says this by two lines in the Bible. You have to look at the Bible in its full context. By the way, it's really important to um, look deeper into the meaning of words because just a simple English translation doesn't help. Tongues is one of those, why we need to look in deeper meaning. When you look at the deeper meaning of the word tongues, we realize that it's separated in two different categories. A tongue is just a language. A known language in the world is called tongues. And then there's also this other thing called tongues that it becomes known as speaking in tongues or with tongues. And the Bible differentiates that if you go back and look at the Greek. Now... That's why I get to be up here and speak to you, because I do the homework for you, you get the benefit of 20 minutes of me talking to you. But I also want you to do the homework yourself. It's a weighty responsibility for me to articulate the word of God to you, and you're going to base what you believe of the scripture by what I'm telling you. I take that as a serious responsibility, but I also want you to go test it out for yourself. Go look at the scriptures. But I will also tell you, you do a search online and just write tongues, there'll be people who will tell you, tongues are not of God, speaking in tongues. So you've got to be careful of where you get your information from. And the best way is getting it from the word of God and digging into the word of God. So in Acts chapter 19, verse 5, it says, On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There are about 12 men in all. All right. Now, where the meat comes is where I told you to turn, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm actually going to end up reading through a lot of this section for you to understand, because in this section... It talks about the two kinds of tongues, or I should say not two kinds of tongues. It talks about tongues, but the two ways that they're used. I'm going to bring some clarity to that. I love how it starts with this, pursue love. Can everybody say love? love? Because Paul says you can have all these amazing gifts in the world, but if you don't have love, it means nothing. We have to start with our love for God and our love for people. We know the supernatural is kind of fun, maybe, to look into and kind of like, oh, God wants to move in these ways. Cool. But guess what? The focus is always on Jesus number one and our love for other people. That means don't go do something weird and, and the person like wicked turned off that who are you and who is this God? But sometimes God does ask us to do some things that we don't always comprehend, and tongues is one of those. But today I'm here to tell you that tongues are something, praying to God in tongues is something you should desire. Paul says that we should. All right, we're going to go through this together. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in tongues speaks not to men, but to God. Now, this is really important because this is now where he's starting to build the case. Paul himself, who's speaking to the church in Corinth. Corinth at the time is, uh, is about, a, a, it's a city state. Anybody who's done history uh, in high school, you'll have learned about Corinth. My kids did it. That's why I know. They have had to learn about city states. What does city states mean? But it's a city-state of about 90,000 people. Paul, on his missionary journeys, has established a church here, and now he's writing a letter to this church because there's some confusion over the topic that even us sometimes get confused with. And he's going to give us clarity on how do we handle tongues in church. He says, that, For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks to, not to men but to God. So there's a tongue that speaks to God. For one for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. Okay, so at this point in time, if there was a gift of tongues, usually there is somebody in the room, like in Acts, who will hear their language being spoken to them, even though the communicator does not know that language, but they're speaking a language that somebody else understands. That happened to me in Africa. I spoke uh, an African dialect to somebody. I didn't know that I was speaking to it, but they heard a message from God through me that was a gift of tongues. But this one, he's saying, no one understands, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. He says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. But the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who speaks, uh, one who prophesies, builds up the church. Again, he's making a distinction. He's saying the one who speaks in, the, in a prayer to God in a tongue edifies, builds himself up. And he's saying, okay, that's great that you can do this, but in a public setting, I'd rather you prophesy. In other words, I'd rather you speak in your language that everybody in the room knows. And you can say what is on God's heart. Like Victoria says, I feel like God is saying that there is a release of miracles in the room. She's prophesying that because God's already spoken it. If she came up here and started babbling something, it would be of no benefit to us. And this is what Paul is saying. Building up ourselves versus building up the church. When we gather together, we should be building each other up nudge your neighbor and said, I'm here to build you up. Oh, it feels good, doesn't it? All right. Let's move on. Verse five. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues. Now, this is interesting. Paul himself says, I want you to speak in tongues. But even more to prophesy. All right. So he's basically saying, it's great to speak in tongues. I want you all to, but guess what? I'd rather you prophesy. I'd rather you be able to speak in your language to, to speak the heart of God to a situation. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Again, the idea is if somebody speaking in tongues, we need to understand what that is. Otherwise, it's fruitless for everybody who's listening. Now, brothers, now this is verse 6. Now, brothers, if I if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? We've talked about that. If even lifeless instruments, so he basically goes on and saying, okay, if everybody's playing a different type of instrument, it's not making sense, we need to conductor who creates an orchestra and he's like we need to have some clear sound so again he's going into the church and he's saying he's trying to establish order in the church he's saying guys don't don't just go crazy by all, your own personal exuberation that's why for me um i by the way charlie temple who was up here who was what was the word that victoria used illustrious charlie temple i can't believe that um he can I don't even know what the word means. You've spoken tongues to me right then because I don't know what that word illustrious means. But, anyways, it means something spectacular. He truly is a judge, by the way. He's one of our judges here in New Hampshire. But where was I going with that? <laughs> that illustrious messed me up. Oh, yeah. So he's saying, let's get crazy in church. But, by the way, if your crazy starts bringing attention to you and away from Jesus, we're going to stay, stop the crazy. You know why? Because we want all attention to be focused on Jesus. And so we want to say, Paul was addressing this. It's great that you can speak in tongues. You have your own time of talking with God, but do that in your own private time. He goes, because when you come together, you should be building up the body, encouraging one another. Okay, let's go to verse 10. There are... Doubtless many different languages in the world. Now he's using languages, not tongues. So he's differentiating the two. This is an important part. He's talking about languages now. And none is without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, it would be, "I would be a foreigner. To the speaker and the speaker, a foreigner to me. So, with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Okay, again, really important. It's great that we want the presence of God, but guess what? All His manifestations of the Spirit should be for encouraging and building up the church. That's really important says then, verse 13, Therefore one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. So if for some reason somebody is uh, saying in their own prayer language, they start praying in their prayer language, and it's like, I-, I feel like I have a message for the church. Pray that God would tell you what you're speaking in your tongue so you can speak intelligibly to the church. Pray that he gives you the interpretation and so you can give a message in a way that everybody understands. If I pray in a... Okay, verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue... Okay, verse 13. Therefore, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he interprets. Verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. So when people say, well, there's no such thing as prayer language in the Bible, this is where they're coming up with a concept. Just like there's no such thing as Trinity in the Bible. We all believe in the Trinity, right? But just because it doesn't say prayer language, he says the one who prays in a tongue, he says my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So if he was just talking about a foreign language, if I pray in a foreign language, I don't. My, your mind is not fruitful. Well, your mind would be fruitful. You would know what you're saying. Your your language comes from the left hemisphere of your brain. By the way, this is why I'm going to do a little test real quick here. This is why I think it's hard for some people to allow a, um, this speaking to God in a tongue is difficult. I think it has to do, I'm going to try, I just, I'm, I, this is purely Mark, this is not the Bible, so you can completely throw it out. First of all, how many people would say they have a language they've talked to God that they don't know what you're, they're saying when they talk to God in that language? Raise your hand. Okay. Good number of you. So I would like to know um, how many people are, of you are extroverts? That raised your hand. Raise your hand again. Extroverts. How many people are introverts? Who would you like? Oh, well... Kind of debunked my theory. <laughs> All right, so that's why I said throw it out. I was going to test it because here's my theory. See, introverts have to process things in their mind before they release them. Right? You, you're like, I want to make sure I know what I'm going to say before I say it, and then you, you think it, you process it, and then you release it out in the atmosphere by talking. Extroverts, you just start with talking and hopefully you make sense. It's true. And you talk long enough to like you talk around and talk 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 and you figure things out while you're talking, right? That's extroverts. I'm one of them, unfortunately. And so the team our staff is like, I could tell when all of a sudden they start looking around the room. I know, I'm just trying to process something. Don't you don't actually you don't even need to listen to me anymore. Um but I think sometimes remember we said we're made up of three parts as a person. Our body our soul and our spirit and our soul is our mind will and emotions that are all stuck right up here and i think sometimes our soul can be a trap for us that we've got to figure things out that it makes no sense to me that i would speak in a language that i don't know cuz i don't know the language and so so we get trapped in our mind and we're saying if a word is to come out of my mouth I got to create some level of understanding. So my theory was that introverts have a harder time uh, speaking in a prayer language because they can't make sense of it before they're allowed to let something exit their mouth where extroverts are used to exiting things from their mouth before they think about it. (laughs) That was my theory. Maybe it's right or maybe it's wrong. All right. That was a sideline theory, not biblical. Throw it out. All right, moving along, though. So it says in verse 15, so what am I to do? And he says this, I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. Also, I will pray, I will sing praise with my spirit, but I also sing praise with my mind also. Again, differentiating. He's saying, I will pray in the Spirit. Again, remember his topic here is he's talking about tongues. So if you believe he's still talking about tongues, praying in your spirit, he's talking about praying in a tongue. Because he's saying there's two different things. I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray in with understanding, with my mind. So praying in your native tongue, your English. Jesus taught us how to pray, right? The Our Father prayer. He he instructed us how to pray. So that is the prayer with our mind. But what is this prayer with our spirit? Because he does say that we pray in a tongue. And when we pray in a tongue, we're praying to God. Okay, verse... Um sixteen. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen? In other words, he's again going creating the the, the case of saying don't when you're in a public setting, don't pray in a tongue pray in a tongue. It, nobody else will understand. He says the outsider Can't say amen. I can't agree with you. It's not like a prophecy. It was like I believe that's true. We all did it when Victoria said she was prophesying of what would she felt God was saying to us. We all said yes and amen. But if she spoke that in a tongue, we wouldn't understand what she was saying. All right, verse seventeen. For you may be given giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. Verse eighteen. Paul says this, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Now, some people might just say, maybe he's just talking about his language. I thank God that I speak my language more than all of you. Or maybe he's saying, I, I would speak, by the way, chances are the most people in Corinthians would probably be, uh, speak Greek. There might be some Hebrew if you're from the Jewish tradition. He says, but I speak tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in the church, I would rather you speak five words with my mind, Again, differentiating a tongue versus the mind. I'd rather you speak something that everybody can understand in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in tongues. Now, but remember, doesn't mean you get rid of tongues. He's saying, I speak in tongues more than all of you. But again, he's giving instruction to know how to conduct a service in an orderly way. All right, moving right along. Oh my word, it's 10:51. I have got some good stuff left for you. I can do this. 10 minutes. Here we go. Okay, I'm going to have you skip all the way down to verse 39 because it's going to hit my point, and I'm going to kind of wrap this up a little bit. Verse 39, verse 14. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But all things should be done decently and in order. See, he's kind of summing it up. He's saying, "I, I want there to be you to earnestly desire to speak in tongues." And again, I'm going to differentiate next week tongues, the gift of tongues different than speaking in tongues. But I want things to be, when you gather in a place like this, I I want it to be done in in orderly fashion, to build up one another. But don't forbid people from speaking in tongues. In other words, guess what? If somebody, a tongue comes out or whatever, okay, hey, don't make a big scene about it. That's fine. So today I want us to to begin to have this greater desire. If you've never received this, this opportunity to pray to God in this way, and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why this is important if the worship team wants to come up. Remember that the, when God does something in a supernatural way like this, it will always bring praise and attention to him. It should never bring praise and attention to the person doing it. The interesting thing, when people were filled with the Holy Spirit, people heard sometimes their own language, yes, but it was always saying that they were speaking in an in a unknown language to the communicator, but they would be praising God. The Bible says extolling. They would be like lifting him high. They'd be praising God. Interestingly, I, I sent an email to our leaders uh, this week letting them know uh, a precursor this would be the topic of today because we're going to have an opportunity for them to pray for you. For those who have yet um, received this, by the way, if you don't, guess what? Not everybody does. But I would like to have the opportunity to pray with you. The, the scripture shows this, this laying on of hands. And by the way, they would be, Praying in tongues, but also prophesying. So I also want that for you, that you would prophesy. So if a tongue doesn't come, that's fine. But I pray that something would happen that would would allow you to verbalize how magnificent Jesus is. That you would verbalize, whether it's prophetically or with a tongue or with the spirit, in the spirit, Words that would express, that would be released into the atmosphere that would begin to to say some amazing things about who God is. Why? Why? Why is that so important? God says he inhabits the praises of his people. Oh, you want to get close to God? Start praising him. That's why Charlie was saying, hey, let's all be together and start together and end together in our worship Because there's so much power that we're missing out if we're not in the room when we start praising him. God inhabits the praises of his people. You want breakthroughs in your life? Praise him. You want freedom in your life? Praise him. Okay, but here's the problem. And I think this is why God has given us a solution. The problem is the English Average person has about 5,000 words that they have in their capacity. In their vocabulary, I should say. The English language has about 600,000 words, but the average person can store about 5,000 of them. Chinese, well, they have less words then the English, 370,000 words in their language. The French, maybe they're smarter or not, but they only have 150,000 words in their language, so maybe it's a little bit easier to learn French. The Russians have 130,000 words in their language, but yet we have about 5,000 that we hold on to. By the way, you want to learn a different, difficult language, learn Arabic. There's 12 million words in Arabic compared to our English of 600,000. Imagine. I'm going to tell you a story, and then I'm going to tell you why this is so important. So I was telling one of our leaders, I was emailing him, and and uh, and he goes, he emailed me, or he texted me. He goes, hey, two words just came, came to my mind when you say, when we're talking about the topic of tongues. Two words came to my mind. And he texted them to me. He goes, look them up. And the two words was, was Shala and Shalu. I said, oh, those are interesting words. And they just came to him. Well, Shala means you can say anything This person, and it's gonna be okay. Shala. Shalu is means gorgeous. Beyond incredible. Could it be that those two words were depicting something about the nature of who God is? That you're beyond incredible, that you're gorgeous. Now, I probably wouldn't use those words in my vocabulary to describe Jesus or God. I probably just wouldn't. But another quality of who he is is that you're so amazing. Like you're, you're like better than the best of friends that I can tell you anything and it's a safe place. Shala, Shalu. He goes, was I just speaking in tongues? (laughs) I said, yes, you were. Because God was giving them words to say to express who he is beyond their capacity of reason. See, we're locked with only 5,000 words. But Arabic has 12 million. Chinese has 370,000. You take all the dialects and all the languages in the world and you say, God, I allow your spirit to enlighten something in my spirit that I can say things that I would never ever come up with in my mind and my words to express how amazing you are. But through my praying to you in a language that I don't know that my spirit prays to you that I could be saying the most incredible things about Your who you are and then you come and inhabit the praises of your people. And you come and reside with me. But if you do it, do it decently and in order. Don't make a show of it. When you gather together, make sure you're building up one another. Don't do this to, to draw attention to yourself. So, so eagerly desire speaking in tongues because you're going to express praises to God in ways that you have don't enough words to say. You don't have the capacity to come up with the words of a magnificent, incredible God who loves you. He wants to inhabit the praises that you give him. He's shalu, a word that I didn't even know. But it means that He is gorgeous beyond incredible. Paul says he speaks in tongues more than anybody. He says he desires it all that do. When we see the empowerment of the Holy Spirit comes, some prophesy and some will speak in unknown languages. The Bible says that when we speak in tongues, we're talking to God. So I would just ask, would you consider being open to receive whatever God would have for you that you would come and allow somebody to lay hands on you and say would you be willing to either prophesy of God's goodness or allow a new tongue to come out in a way that man I didn't know that would come out of me but it would bring praise and glory to God that would give him such edification that, that he comes and then be, is with you because he inhabits the praises of his people. And then guess what? If nothing happens for you, guess what? The Bible says when you ask, you receive. When you ask for the Holy Spirit from the Father, so you've asked for the Holy Spirit, great! You have the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make you any less or greater of a Christian a follower of Jesus but guess what if it's available to you to sing say praises to him in unknown tongues that would be awesome if you have opportunities to prophesy to say things about who God is and release your words into the atmosphere of who God is and the things he wants to do to prophesy that that's good too so I'd ask those that I ask to be available to pray for people if you'd come at this time. And then as we close off in prayer, I mean as we leave, and and I I know it's going to be a little bit loud by these speakers and that's okay. If you need to move If you're praying with somebody, it's like, no, I just need a little more quiet. Go ahead and pull them to the sides or that kind of stuff. But I want to give you the opportunity to be prayed for. And then what happens is what happens. But I would encourage you to, to, to do this. When you come and get prayed for, I would encourage you that you would start speaking praises to God in the language that you know. Speak praises to him in the language that you know. And if something then starts bubbling up, it's a language that you don't know, let it be. But if it doesn't happen, that's okay too. I just want to be true to what the word of God has to say in his word. And give you that opportunity to say that you could speak to God in ways, in words that your mind can't even comprehend. And that he would come and meet you in that moment. So let's all rise to our feet as we close. We're going to worship. We're going to praise him. We're going to spend time in prayer. And then we're going to enjoy a great meal together. But remember... It's all about Jesus. It's all about our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. It's, it's allowing him to do the incredible through our lives. Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the understanding, Father, what your word has to say. Father, that we would eagerly desire all the things that you have for us. Father, that when we come together in a body, we build each other up, but Father, in our own private places, that we would praise you in ways that we don't even know how to praise, that we would say words to you that were not words of our own mind, that we would prophesy, that we would speak in other languages to you, Lord Jesus, the magnificence of who you are, the splendor of who you are, the incredible God of the universe, the creator of all, who has asked us to join you in, in redeeming this world unto yourself. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we worship him this morning, if you would like prayer, this team would love to pray with you. If not, know that you're loved. And this is a place for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Love you guys.